Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy. Uh, let me start by telling you a story that will link to my message today. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm not sure, church, have I told you the, the time where I almost represented my school uh, for 800 meters? No? No, I find it hard to believe. Even my wife is like almost spat out her coffee uh, because I know you're looking here and you go like something doesn't match up, you know. That, that doesn't look like a runner. Like I said, this was many years ago when, when, I, was, when I was in school. Uh, and uh, so true story. One day, um, we were just told uh, to just, you know, um, all right, you know, today uh, for just stay back after school for a little bit. Uh, all the boys gather at the field. And of course, you know, I just told you, I just spot the story a little bit by saying that, you know, the school was looking for someone to represent uh, them in a race. But when we were gathered, we were not told that it was a race. We were just gathered and said, that, all right, um, everyone has to do eight laps around the field. Because one lap was roughly 100 meters. So eight, eight rounds, eight rounds around the field. On your mark, set, Go. And then just, just run. And so, of course, with no information given, some people will just go like, oh, what, this is such a waste of time, you know. So, so have you seen people, you know, and then they run, they kind of like, yeah, whatever. So they kind of like running with their hands, flinging about. And, uh, you know, some people kind of like took it seriously because they, 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 they are competitive by nature. They want to run and, and surpass people. And, and I, I thought, why don't I just run, right? And as I ran, I realized that, hey, you know, uh, some of my friends and some of the other schoolmates are not taking it too seriously. I started to surpass them. And uh, do you know it's, it's fun to, to run and surpass someone, right? I mean, just, I know, this doesn't sound spiritual, but it will link somewhere. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's getting somewhere. It's getting somewhere, right? And so initially as I'm running, you know, the, 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 I started running faster because I was surpassing people. And then I started running faster because before I know it, I finished one round and I had friends who were still doing the first round. And so the, the idea of kind of like being one round in front of someone kind of gave me a second wind to keep running and keep going. And before I realized that, I go like, oh, I wonder if I can do two loops before the guy even finishes one. And I started doing it. And uh, as I was doing it, and, and, and again, doing it for fun, doing it because it made me feel good, because those of you who run, you know what I'm saying, right? Uh, as you run, you enter into this little zone that, 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 that causes you to just feel good, and uh, some are nodding, a lot of people are shaking their heads. Anyway, just bear with me now, it's getting somewhere, it's getting somewhere. And so as I was running, by round number five, I started seeing the coach who organized the event start tapping some people out. And these people had just finished one round. Some people had just finished two rounds. And, 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 and the coach didn't even allow them to finish and just tap them because you're out. You're out. You're out. And before I realized by round number six, there was about maybe 10 of us left. And, and then it became like, oh, wow. I feel special now because there's only 10 people left. I wonder if I can be right up there. And by round number seven... I was number one. And I was like, whoa, I can't believe it. I, I ran past the coach and said, you're in first place. But I'm like, oh, so I finished? No, one more round. And I'll be like, oh, okay. But the idea of, oh, first place, that's, that's, that's pretty cool, kind of like got to me. And I started kind of like slowing to a jog because, first of all, I thought, there's no mention of prize. It's not sports day. There's no cheerleaders. There's, there's, there's no one here to... No, there's, there's no cash prize. I'm, 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 so I'm like, oh, you know what? And maybe because I'm not the most competitive person, you know, by nature, I, I don't like to compete. And you know, my wife not is too quick to nod. Uh, she knows this because between two of us, she's the more competitive one. Uh, and uh, I started thinking, you know what? You know, I just, I just outran my whole school. And I went to an all-boys school. And I thought that, man, you know, you know, guys, you, know, you feel like, man, I'm the, I'm the machoist of the macho, you know? And then I started thinking, you know what? I don't need to be number one. You know, 
number number two macho of the whole school is is pretty good. So I start slowing down and thinking that ah, oh, since I'm ahead, you know, I can slow down to a jog. The people are still behind me, uh, and then before I know it, the person that was number two overtook me. <laughs> And then my friends, some of them stayed back and they were standing next to the coach, started screaming, started screaming. And before long, I realized they were saying that it's a race. They're looking for someone. Then the truth started coming out. They're looking for someone to represent the school because they, they wanted me to know that, dude, you're missing out. By slowing down, you're missing out. By not realizing that you're in a race, you're missing out. You're missing out the prize. And then by then, I realized, oh no. <laughs> and I started running and trying to chase up. And in the end, I came in second. And that's why the story started with church. Did I tell you the time I almost represented the school because I didn't end up representing the school. I wonder how many of us as Christians miss out, miss out on the prize, miss out on God's best for us because we didn't realize what was at stake. When we didn't realize that, that we were put on planet earth not for God's entertainment. You see, God's not you know, some sort of like sick deity who's like, ha ha, I save you. Now remain on earth for my entertainment. Suffer. <laughs> no, 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 no. He saved us, rescued us out of the miry clay, washed us clean. We are all paid for. If you believe in Jesus, you're paid for by the blood of the Lamb. And you're put here not just so that we can carry on. We're put here not just so that we can take our own time. We're put here so that we can continue the race of faith that God started. And so, I want us to turn to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. And I want us to, 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 to understand today because many times when we talk about faith, uh, we describe it as a journey. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, as a pastor, you know, sometimes people come and go like, oh, pastor, you know, I, I enjoy myself in church, but, and I go like, oh, I'll see you next week. Oh, I hope I can make it, you know. Uh, I, I feel so bad if I come back because, you know, last year, I, you know, I wasn't a good Christian or, or I don't feel that I'm a good Christian and every time I come to church, I don't feel I, I'm good enough. So sometimes I'm, I'm scared to return to church and I always encourage them, you know what, it, it, it's a journey, you know, every step forward is a step that God celebrates. And we're going to walk with you. Now, don't get me wrong. Faith is a journey, but it's not just a journey. It is ultimately a race. And this is not just me trying to hype us up. This is the Word of God. So let's read. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares. Everyone say every weight. Everybody says the sin which so easily ensnares and let us run with endurance. Everyone say run. The race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So if this is a race and Jesus is the author, He started it. And we're in it with Him. Amen? Who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider Him who endured such hostility from sinners against Himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. The Word of God is reminding us, come on believers, you're not just on earth to consume. You're not just on earth to continue. You're not just on earth uh, to just, you know, start a Christian club and, 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 and gather every Sunday to sing a few songs, too fast, too slow, and then listen to a guy talk about three points and then after that rush to the, the refreshment table and gobble your mouth. No, it's not about that. We're here because God has destined us to be part of the race of faith. And if you have, you know, the, the, the OG written Bible, especially the NKJV, they even have a title there on top of Hebrews chapter 12, which is the race of faith. And we need to understand this. We need to be reminded of this. 
And why is it important? Because when there's a race, there is a prize. And I don't want us to forfeit the race. I don't want us to miss out on God's prize for us, God's blessing for us, God's breakthrough for us, God's testimony for us. And so I want us to be able today to not just be reminded that we are in a race. I want us to also remember how to finish well. So if you're taking down notes, the title for today's message is called The Good Finish. Because I want you to not be like me. I want you to finish good. I want you to finish first. I want to finish winning. I want you to finish well. Amen? And I got three points from you that we're going to extract from the scriptures that we just read earlier on. Three points, and they all start with the letter R. And I'm going to give you the first one. All right? If you want to finish good, or you want to have a good finish, the first thing we've got to do is we've got to run to win. For us to run to win, we've got to remember one very important thing about races. It's time sensitive. Earlier on in my story, when I was running and saw my classmates and schoolmates that were taking it, you know, uh, not serious at all, they, they, they were tapped out. They were disqualified because they didn't realize that a race has time sensitivity to it. We got to realize that we are also running not just a race, but this race has a time. We are not infinite beings. Everything we have is finite. Our resources finite. Our time here is finite. Our time here in London is finite. For the students, you know roughly how many years. Some of you have one more year left. Some of you have two more years left. Some of you just arrived. You have brand new three to four years ahead of you. But even that, if you don't realize, it's gone in the blink of an eye. You know, I don't mean to scare you, but right now, for those of you who are working, you understand this term, we are in quarter four, final quarter of 2019. Right? The students are like, oh, so what? I just started, you know. The young adults are like, oh my word, <laughs> quarter four. Some of us were still writing 2019 like, like it's some sort of weird number. Before you realize, it'll be Christmas. Before you realize, it'll be Happy New Year. Before you realize, you'll be writing 2020. And what I'm trying to remind us is this, that if we're not careful, we'll miss out. If we're not careful, we will forget that actually, you know, we, God has placed us here not just for a time, but for such a time as this. You're not going to have the same classmates forever and ever. You're not going to have the same housemates forever and ever. And maybe that's good news for people who don't like your housemates. That's an encouragement for you. You're not going to be under the same boss forever and ever. But for such a time, would you run your race and run it well? Would you run your race and would you finish well? And then the thing we've got to understand about race is not only that we live in such a time and one day we've got to not just see God, but we're going to stand before God uh, to account for the time uh, that He has given us, for the resources that He has given us. You know, just the other day, somebody, you know, uh, we saw uh, a man in church, we gather every other week to do some street feeding, we, we buy some food, we buy some, uh, you know, uh, things like uh, blankets, ponchos, and and uh, bottles of water, we, we would give out to those who are less fortunate, those that are sleeping on the streets, uh, so that at least, you know, we, we, we might not be able to change all of that situation, but at least we can help to ease the pain, and we can bring some joy and some encouragement. And, uh, you know, every time I do this, I, I get people asking me all the time, uh, and because, you know, I'm, I'm, I've only been in this country for five years, some people uh, feel the need to educate me and go like, oh, do you know that actually the, it's the government's job to fix this problem. And I'm like, true, technically, but I'm still going to do my part. Because guess what? One day, when I stand before Jesus, and He says that I placed you in London for five years, and for every day of those five years, you walk past the same person outside the tube station again and again and again. And what did you do? 
for the five years that I placed you in London, what did you do with the five years, the 365 times five days that you walk past this individual who's suffering there? What did you do? And I don't think I dare to stand before Jesus and say, well, technically it's supposed to be the government's job. I got to go like, yeah, God, I'm placed here not just for a limited time, but for such a time as this. My housemate, you know, whether I love or hate them, is for such a time as this. And I'm going to run the race of faith and run it well. The other thing we got to understand about running to win is to understand the nature of the race that we're running. If you're running a sprint, 100 meters, you run fast and you don't look back. If you're running hurdles, you run and you leap like a gazelle every few, I don't know how many steps, and, and you just keep going, right? But what kind of race, what is the nature of the race of faith that we're in? I really believe that it's a relay. And so when we run, we're not just running for ourselves. We're running, whether you realize it or not, we are holding in our hands an invisible baton of faith that doesn't just belong to us, but was passed to us, given to us, entrusted to us, all the way tracing back to Jesus, all the way tracing back to God. You know, we started chapter 12 with this very powerful word, therefore. Every time you see the word therefore, you can ask yourself this, what is it therefore? Get it? Anyway, so, therefore, go back and read the whole of chapter 11 and you have the whole hall of fame of faith. Starting from Abel all the way to Abraham, Jacob, Moses, all the way to Samuel, David, and all the other prophets. All the way to us. We got to understand, you know, that as you're running here, in this life, whether, you know, we are a student or a young working adult or you're older, we still are holding on to a baton. The question is, are we holding it strong and are we running it to pass on or are we dropping it? You see, the temptation to drop and give up is very real. I mentioned earlier that, you know, certain races, it's, it's rounds, it's loops. And, uh, you know, for every stage of our life, it feels like a loop. And I still remember... Uh, years ago, when I first came over to the UK to study, I used to study law uh, in the uh, University of Sheffield, and this was back in year 2003. I know, I know, some of you were only three years old back then. Uh, uh, just yesterday, I met someone who was born in year 2001. I'll be like, oh my word. <sighs> anyway, so when I first came over uh, on my flight over, uh, I, I was thinking, oh, wow, no UK. I wonder how it's going to be like. Oh, it's going to be so fun being away from country, living and studying in a the, in the foreign land. It's going to be so exciting. I wonder, you know, what, what I'll get to experience. And then a voice came. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be such a good time. You know, you know, you know Dave, he has such a good run as a college student. You said, you, your A-level, oh, you, you know, you ran A-level so well. You know, you, 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 you did your best in your studies and you, but more than that, you know, you served so hard in church. And, and, and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I, I did serve hard. Yeah. You know, remember the times when, when you know, you were, in, you were leading up the ushers ministry and said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Back when, this is 2003 and Acts Church in Malaysia. Of course, today, we're, we're a global movement. But back then, we were just a, a tiny church of maybe 50 people, 80% student. Not too different from what we see here today. And then I was like, yeah. Remember when you had to go in every Thursday to church to Febreze, the entire hall? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I did that. And remember when you vacuumed the, the hall? Yeah. Yeah, I vacuumed the hall. Yeah. You know, and, and other people were just, you know, uh, busy serving on stage, but you were so faithful off stage and behind the stage. And go like, yeah, yeah, that's right. It was tough. It wasn't always appreciated. Yeah. Guess what? It was such a good one. Give yourself a break. You know, now that you're going to the UK, give yourself a break. You, you had so much serving in church that you, you have savings. You know what I'm saying? Do, do some of you know what I'm talking about? Some of you serve so much, it feels like I'm serving like five people. You know, and if I don't serve for the next five months, 
it feels like I've already served five months in the last one month. You know, those of you who are faithful, you understand, you know, those of you who don't know sign up to serve. <laughs> and so, and I was like, yeah, yeah, so why don't you just, just focus on your studies? You know, if you're really honest, you did well, but, but your studies could be better, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. I mean, whatever's over, if eight hours is over, but now university, graduate well. Yeah. Yeah, graduating well is so important. Yeah, you don't want to be a loser, do you? No, no, I don't want to be a loser. Yeah, so just focus on yourself. Love yourself. Yeah, I think I might, I might, I might do that. Yeah, take a break from church. Yeah, actually, why not? I'm in a new land. If I don't go to church, my Pastor Kenneth, Pastor Sandra won't know. And then I can just resume as church when I go back for the summer. But, but term time, I can live my own life. You know, it's okay. I can go back, yeah. yeah. And you know the, the girl that you have a crush on? Yeah? Yeah, why don't you just, you know, just ask her out. And just, you know, enjoy dating whoever you want to do. And, 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 and you know, live your life. You do you. And I was like, yeah, maybe I will do. And then I heard another voice. This time, different. The Holy Spirit. Yeah, Dave, you could do that. Or you could serve me as fervently as you did before. In a foreign land, going to a new place, starting in a new church where they might not even have high expectation on you. They just want the, maybe the, the token Chinese boy to sit at the back row and, 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 you know, increase the diversity of the church by 100%. But yeah, why... But even though they might have that expectation, would you serve me as fervently as you did before? Would you serve me not for other people's sake, but would you serve me for me? And long story short, I'm only able to stand here today because I said yes to the Holy Spirit. Why am I, what, what, what was that? You know, that wasn't just a comedy routine. I'm just bearing my soul to be real, to say that the, the temptation to, to give in and give up is so real. Some of you, you came back for second year and maybe the same thought. Oh, you know, first year the degree didn't quite count, but second year starts counting, so you better start counting. Oh yeah, yeah, maybe I should start counting. Or maybe you, you came back, second year wasn't so awesome, and then you go like, you go one more year, one more year to fix it. You better fix it before you graduate. Oh yeah, I think maybe this year I'll just focus on fixing it. And the temptation to just do you is so real, but God wants to remind us that we're in a race. You see, after a while, I realized that I'm, I'm, in a, I'm in a relay race. I'm carrying this baton. And this baton is meant to be passed on to other people, to pass on to multiple, to, to, to inspire them to go further. And this baton is not just me. It's, it's linked back to the person who led me to Christ. It's linked back to the pastors who discipled me. It's linked back to the, the people who led my pastors to Christ and led my Sunday school teacher to Christ. And, 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 and it's linked back to the people who, who, who maybe could even be missionaries to where I come from, which is Malaysia. And then that is linked back to them and went to their home countries and linked back to the person who brought them to church and linked back to the aunt who, who led them to Christ and linked back all the way maybe even to the apostles, to the New Testament. What we have, church, in us, salvation is more precious than we realize. And we owe it to God to handle it with care, but we also owe a responsibility to the next generation to pass it on. And so we're going to run our race the only way that we can run, which is to run it well and run it to win. Amen? So I pray, whether you're coming back, and then sometimes the loop it's not even first year going on to second year. Maybe the loop is every week. Young adults, the loop is every week. Monday. Oh, Monday. And then before you know it, Friday. And then the, the whisper comes on Saturday. You know what? You had such a crazy week. Why don't you take this Sunday off? You deserve a break. Why don't you go on holiday? You know, church will always be around. Especially now that church has, you know, all their messages available online. You can tune in. The following week, take a break, sleep in. But what would you do? In times like that, remind yourself, it's not just about me, I'm running a race. It's not about me serving, it's me running a race. It's not about church attendance, it's me running a race and I owe it to God. Jesus, the author, the one who passed the baton, 
to apostles and apostles to the first church and the first church to the missionaries and the missionaries to the ends of the earth and the ends of the earth to us. We owe it to them, their sacrifice, their hardship, their faith to keep running because not only are we holding on a baton, we are also surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses cheering us on. Amen? But point number two, remove old weights. Scripture reminds us that we're in a race and so we've got to run to win. But it also reminds us in order to run to win, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily instances. us. Many times we, when we read this, we lump it together and we go like, oh, weight and the sin that instances. us. No, but I think it's two separate things. Two separate things. Why? Because there is a comma behind the weight before the end. Try to remind you that it's weight and sin. So what's a weight? I think when we think of weight, we immediately think of, in today's terms, things like access baggage, emotional baggage, emotional luggage, unforgiveness, bad memories. I don't think I need to stand here to remind you that those things are not good for you. Even Disney does it. True Frozen, just let it go, let it go. Even kids are seeing it. YouTube plays it back to you. You, you know that. But I want to talk to us about weights that used to be good, but are now no longer good. You see, we have a saying in Acts Church, don't run today with yesterday's anointing. See, sometimes we are doing good, but that good is going to be the enemy of the great that God has in store for you. For example, someone once told me um, that they thought that they were generous. You know, they thought that they were generous because they were, uh, you know, living uh, with their parents, of course. And uh, the parents treated them well, bills all paid for, laundry is, you know, magically, you know, uh, ironed and washed and folded and kept. And uh, they started working and they thought, that, oh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm generous. And, and they are. And they are generous to church. But then when they started living by themselves, paying their own rent, paying their own bills, they realized that maybe I wasn't so generous. And if I were to continue to give like how I used to give that used to give is not good enough for me now. Because now that I have more money and now that I have my own place, I believe that God has an expectation for me not just to give according to yesterday's standard, but to seek Him for a new standard, a new standard of generosity to give unto Him. Do you understand? Some of us, the way we serve, you know, when you were a student, the way you serve, Oh, I'll do a little. But are you going to do a little for the rest of your life? Don't get me wrong. That serving is good. Thank you for, for ushering. Thank you for uh, in being involved in the worship team. Thank you for baking. Thank you for being a connector in church. But are you always going to stay in that level when you move on? So we got to search our hearts. Do I have any old weights? Weight standards that were good for me in the past, but now I, I need to seek God for the next level. Amen? Maybe an old weight could be your preference. Your preference. You know, maybe, you know, I'm prophesying, one day our church will grow to the hundreds and thousands. Amen? And maybe by then, the pastor is not so easy to get in touch of. Now, you know, you can come up and we can have coffee anytime I'm free. You know, I'm game for that. But maybe when we grow to the thousands, you know, you know, it's not that I'm not available for coffee, but there's a lot of people who want to have coffee. And maybe by the time I have coffee, we have to be a big coffee meeting. And so you go like, you know what? No, I, just, I don't feel God anymore, you know, when I come to Acts Church. You know, it used to be so intimate and so cozy. I used to be able to just sit down and have coffee and have deep theological discussions with, with my pastor. Right, that's, that's what you all want, right? Yeah. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah, come, come. Yeah, yeah. But now... You know, it's not friendly anymore. Maybe what we need to do is go like, no, that, that, that's not a problem. That's a preference. 
And I got to realize that now there's more people. So instead of just me trying to have more me time with the pastor, maybe I need to help my pastor have more time with other people. So maybe I got to step up to help connect. Maybe I got to step up to help have coffee with other people and share and pass on the baton that was passed on to me. Amen? You know, I wrote down here, you know, our personality could be an old weight. Some of us will go like, you know, uh, you know I just, you know, I, I love church, but, but it's just not in my personality to serve. Nothing wrong with your personality. But we are not slaves to our personality. If I were to tell you that I am by nature an introvert, a lot of you would be shocked. And that's the truth. You can ask my wife. She knows. Because at home, I just hide in the box. and No, not in a box, but okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm not a slave to my personality. What do I do? I lay aside all weight that is trying to weigh me down. Things like my preference, my personality, my experience so that I can continue to run for Jesus. Amen? Point number three is this. Resist all sin. When I was preparing this message, I was like, oh, God, sin. Every time you talk about sin, people get really quiet in church. But yet, God says that, but it is sin that ensnares. And if you don't talk about it, if you don't address it, the sin will continue to ensnare. Let me give you an example. Hopefully with this example, you, 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 you'll be able to accept some things that I will say. I promise I won't talk too much about it. But let's say, for example, you know... Um, uh, you know, the world that we live in today loves to label things. Sometimes negatively, but sometimes the world we live in today labels things to make it more acceptable and more, uh, you know, palatable. Uh, you, oh, you don't have a problem, you just have a dysfunction. Oh, you, you don't have uh, an addiction, you just have a life-controlling issue. Wow, sounds good, right? Oh, you, you know, you don't, uh, you, you don't have, you know, a discipline problem. You just lack motivation. Oh, is this closer to home? But what the world is doing is basically just changing the label. I think as a pastor, it would be so irresponsible of me. For example, if this, of course, is water, labeled water, but if I were to empty this bottle and replace it with washing detergent, but not change the label, and keep the label as such a beautiful, friendly word as water. Do you know this will end up killing a lot of people? Can you imagine if you go to see the doctor, and uh, you're diagnosed, and, and you went for full checkup, full screening, and you're diagnosed with early-stage cancer? Example, okay? So I'm not declaring you. Okay, feel free to reject this in Jesus' name in your mind. But I'm just using it as an example. You go and then you go see a doctor and then you find out, the doctor finds out after scanning you that you have early stage cancer. It's early, so it's treatable. With the right chemotherapy treatment, the right operation, we can get you healed up. You can, your life will be preserved. But what if the doctor was too afraid to make you feel uncomfortable? No, I just want to be a doctor who gives good news. You know, congratulations, you're pregnant. It's a boy. Uh, like, yay, you know. Uh, uh, you know, you have twins. Uh, I don't want to be a doctor that says, oh, you have cancer and if you don't change your lifestyle, you only have, you know, X amount of years to live. Maybe what I'll do is I'll just tell them that you don't have cancer, you have the flu. And I'll give them flu tablets, hoping that the flu tablets will somehow just make the person forget about cancer. No, the cancer is still there. But what am I trying to say? As Christians, we shouldn't shy away from addressing and allowing God to address, allowing people we trust to address the sins in our lives. You see, this scripture wasn't given to non-believers. It was given to Christians who are running the race. And Christians who know Christ are being reminded, lay aside the weight and lay aside the sin. 
You see, just because Jesus died for us and set us free from the punishment and condemnation of sin doesn't mean that we don't have to wrestle with sin and temptation. It's an ongoing obstacle of this race of faith. That's why in verse 3, it says, consider Jesus, who even though he faced a lot of obstacles, he kept running and he finished it. And so why am I saying? You know, I'm not asking us to be Christians that, you know, start pointing at other people. You know, by all means, that's not what Christianity is about. God doesn't ask us to stand in a corner of a street and yell at people, you're all sinners, you repent, you know, you all... No, 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 no. The Bible tells us, no, you point to yourself first. And you fix yourself first with the help of the Holy Spirit. You overcome first. And in your overcoming, in your breakthrough, give an example, give inspiration to other people that it can be done. But as Christians, what we need to be careful of, because the Scripture says, lay aside, throw away, is that if we're not careful, we can also buy in to the world's habit of mislabeling things or giving something a prettier name. Oh, no, no, I'm, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not, you know, sexually immoral. I'm just testing out whether I know how to do it. Oh, I'm not living in with my boyfriend who's not married to me. We're just saving money because London is such an expensive city. Do you, do you understand why I had to clarify that I'm not hating you? But I just need to... I'm not even singling out anyone because you don't need me to police your life. And I'm, I'm, I'm called Pastor Dave, not Police Dave. And I'm not here to police your life. I'm not here to stand. When I stand and see you, I'm going to ask you, how are you? I'm not going to ask you, how was your purity? No. But we owe it to God. You see, nobody knows us like ourselves, especially in the areas that we have failings in. But my encouragement to us as a church, instead of ignoring those failings, instead of labeling those failings with a different name, so that we can sweep it underneath the carpet, so that we can be comfortable and not address it and carry on with our Christian life. Let's be good believers and throw it aside and allow God to point it out. And when He does point it out, let's not justify it. Do you know the problem with sin is that it loves to self-justify? I was just in Rome a couple uh, uh, weeks ago just for a short holiday and uh, we were conned uh, for four euros. And it happened because we were at the train station lining up to buy a travel pass. And there was a lady uh, that looked legit. She had lanyards that says, I love Rome. And she was being so helpful. She was like, oh, do, do you need help? Said, oh, yeah, we're buying tickets. Oh, you want to buy tickets? You know, I can bring you. What kind of tickets you want? I'm like, oh. And you know, being a pastor, because I just love people, right? And uh, because in London, you know, I, I do that sometimes. When I see people lost, or I just go, oh, do you need help? And, and I point them to the right direction. And so I thought, oh, this is, you know, just, just reaping what you sown, you know, because you, you, know, you sow love and care, and so God just watches over you. And it's, oh, yeah, come, come, let me bring you this. As I'm saying all this, you know, my wife is shaking her head. But you were there. Anyway, so... <laughs> anyway, we, <laughs> uh, it was two, two euros mine and two euros yours. Anyway, so uh, we, were, we were led to a place to buy the ticket. It's fine. Legit ticket, legit price. And then she asks us, oh, now that you have this ticket, she explains to us, you can take the bus, you can take the metro, you can take this, you can take that. So what do you want to take? I say, oh, I think, I think I'll take the metro, I think I'll take the subway. Oh, come, let me bring you to the subway station. And so I thought, wow, Rome Tourism Board, well done, you guys. I mean, you can give London a run for its money. And then as I went there, before entering into uh, the, the subway station, the person said, okay, 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 okay. So the subway is there. Now you must, you must hear me out, okay? You know, um, information is money. And money is information. So I just gave you some information. You must give me some money back. And I was like, M money? And as I was just candidly, hands in my pocket, lifting my hands, well, I wanted to lift my hands out to say that, but I don't have any money. As I did that, two euros flew out. You know, so I was like, Ooh, and then two years flew out and she took it and she kept it and she says, 
and she initially wanted five euros. She said, three more, three more. And I was like, oh man, this is a, this is a horrible situation I'm in. Do I stand my ground, say no, cause a scene? You know what? I just told her, I got two more euros. That's all I have in terms of small change. You can have it, but I can't give you five euros. And she took it and gave me a dirty glare that she's so disappointed with me and she stomped off. And as we were walking to the hotel, you know, my wife was, of course, like, oh, I can't believe it, no. Oh, why, why are you so, no. <laughs> and I go like, you know, I don't know, you know, because, you know, in London, you know, I'm always friendly, is it? Yeah, no, I knew it, you know, I knew it. Oh, you knew it. Oh, you knew it, yeah. Yeah. The moment she wanted to bring us to the tube station, I knew it, I knew it. Oh, so only at that point you knew it, Okay. And I just say, you know what, it's all right. Four euros to learn a lesson, it's fine. And we started talking about like, what, how do you, you know, this, this moment, because I, I had just, you know, let go. It's okay, four euros to learn a lesson. And my wife kept on going. And it's not a bad thing, but she, she asked this question. How do you sleep at night? How do you sleep at night? You know, it was a deep feeling, not directed at the person, but this was a deep philosophical question of like, you know, because you know, in life, uh, there are people who mean harm. You know, there, are, there will be people that will call your phone and it's a scam call. Hello, I'm from BT and I need your access code. And Oh, do you, have, you know you have a you know, PPI payment ready for collection? And there are scammers out there. And so my wife was, Pastor Kat was asking deep philosophical questions of like, how? And, and we begin to realize, you know what? I think we got the answer. Because sin self-justifies. And so she was basically, that was how she goes to bed. I'm not scamming tourists. I'm providing a service. I'm trying to tell them where's the right place to buy stuff. And true, she didn't lead us to like a con job. We got proper tickets. And so she could actually, I can imagine, self-justify herself to sleep every night that I'm just, yeah, I'm charging five euros for walking five steps, but but, but it's a service because information is money and money is information. Right? And then when you think back to Genesis, original sin, what did Adam do? Self-justify. Oh, God, you know. No, no. Adam, Adam, where were you? Oh, we, we were hurt that you were in the garden and we were naked and we were afraid. The first thing wasn't, God, I'm so sorry, we messed up. The first thing was like self-justify. Oh, oh God, I, I had to get dressed. <laughs> get dressed? Who told you we're naked? The woman that you gave me did something that she wasn't supposed to do. But actually, man and woman, the Genesis says they were always together. And so when, when Eve was talking to the serpent, Adam was just being silent there. Uh. And that's why sometimes, you know, I challenge a man, man, don't be silent. You're meant to lead and protect. Don't be silent when you're not supposed to be silent. Long, that's another message for another day. Sin self-justifies. Why am I saying this? It's because if we're not careful, we can try to run. Jesus, I want to run. Yeah, Pastor, you're so right. A baton, oh, come on, I will run this baton. But then we run, not realizing that we are encumbered by, faith, uh, by weights. And then worse, we start self-justifying. You know what? Oh, you know, maybe, maybe I shouldn't run this round, no. You know, I've served so much. Maybe it's time for another person to serve. But actually, it's... It's because there are areas in your life that is causing you deep shame that you can't approach God. One last story, and then I'll close. Years ago, Pastor Kev told me this story, um, that, uh, and it was told to him by one of his pastor friends. And so, um, there was one day, uh, a, a youth in the church that was really on fire. This was a guy, you know, he was, he was, he was you know, he's such a natural born leader and uh, people looked up to him and, and he was kind of like being looked at as a possible next leader, maybe they, someone that they can even train to become the youth pastor. One day sat down with his pastor and go like, you know, pastor, now that I'm in college, I started reading some books, I started reading some articles and I come to realize that, you know what, all religion is, is just fake. You know, I don't think I can accept Christianity anymore because, you know, it's just, you know, I just can't believe it. I just can't believe it. You know, there's, there's, you know, there's, I, I believe in science now. I think that's a more plausible idea. Okay, the pastor says. And so what do you want to do? Oh, I think I just want to quit. Quit, okay. 
And because the pastor was filled with the Holy Spirit, operating in discernment, look him in the eye and go like, okay, before I say goodbye, can I ask you one question? And he needed to ask this because this young man suddenly was just 180 degrees different than who he was. Can I ask you this? Um, how's your sex life with your girlfriend? And his face turned pale. Huh? And long story short, because this person had crossed a boundary that he pledged to God, I will not cross. But he had crossed it, but instead of dealing with it, instead of repenting from it, chose to bury it chose to self-justify that it's not me who's wrong, it's faith that's wrong, God that's not real, so that I can keep being me and not change. You see, this is the deceptive nature of, of us. Now, don't talk about serious stuff. We're talking about lighter issues. Remember the last time a lot of us, you know, you're studying and then you, maybe you, you know, you, you, you were at the library, you were studying, or maybe you were at home, you are studying and and you, you were, but you were actually spending more time on Facebook. And then your mom walks into the room and go like, what are you doing on Facebook? And you go like, mom, I, I was studying. It just so happened that when you walk in, I just turn off Facebook. I just turn it on, mom. Leave me alone, mom. I'm studying. What's that? It's the same. We self-justify. It's not, I, I. And so, the Word of God is wanting us to run to win. God wants us to win. The author of Hebrews wants us to excel and reminds us, run to win. Realize that what we have is finite. Time is finite. Our connections is finite. So run. Run knowing that what's at stake. This is not just you at stake. This is the baton of faith that links all the way back to Jesus. Run. Throwing away weight, preferences, personalities, old ways, old experiences that were once good but now no longer good or not good for now because God wants you to go deeper. Comfort can be our, a weight. We've got to remove the, our comfort zone so that we can go deeper with God. Our convenience can be a weight. We've got to remove that convenience so that we can go deeper with God and not allow our deceitful heart to mislabel and relabel things that hurt God. So what do we do? Resist all sin. James chapter 4, verse 7, I'll leave you with this and let's meditate this. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So how, how do I repent? Okay, God, I'm sorry. But what if the temptation comes back again? How do I change? Submit to God. Submit to God then once you're submitted to God, you're able to resist the devil. And once you resist the devil, what do you do? Resist. When the feelings come, the temptation comes, resist. And you're too weak to say no. Just resist and say nothing and the devil will flee. Scripture says, will leave you alone. And this is not just, you know, James, this is Jesus who exemplified this. He was tempted in the desert and yet when he withstood the enemy, the devil fled and never came back to tempt him again. I pray that this year, I believe this is a word for us, for this week, for this season, whether this is a restart for you or continuation, I believe that God wants to remind us that, hey, this is not just a journey, this is a race, let's run it well, let's run it to win, and let's finish good. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your word. And uh, Lord, your word says that every word from God is a double-edged sword. Uh, it cuts, but it also heals. It cuts the enemy, but it also cuts our flesh. So God, we come before you today, not as people who've made it, but as people who need you. Lord, we ask, Lord, thank you for involving us. Thank you, Lord. Little old us, nothing us. And yet, you saw potential in us and you involved us in this race. You involved us in this race. Whenever I think back on my story of where I was running, I can't help but see it as a pseudo parable. It wasn't that I was special, I was just given the opportunity to run. And God gave all of us an opportunity to run. Run! 
And as you ran, God reveals to us, this is not just any run. This is a run with eternity at stake. So run. Run fierce. Run ferocious. Run to win. And lay aside every weight. So God, we ask right now that you help search our hearts. Lord, especially for the weight, not the bad stuff, because we know that's not good for us. Unforgiveness, bad memories, lies of the past. We know, we know that's not good. But Lord, help us to also renew and redraw our comfort zone. Help us to renew our walk with you and allow you to check our hearts because maybe what was good for us yesterday is an enemy of the great that you have in store for us tomorrow. But also God, help us not to be afraid to allow you to address the sins in our life. Help us not to stand strong for you. Help us not to conveniently relabel it as it's okay. This is modern living. Oh, the Bible is archaic. Uh, this, is, this is modern. This is contemporary. No, the Bible says that's sin. That displeases me. And not only does it displease me, it's like a form of spiritual cancer that's actually killing you on the inside. And while you might look happy and healthy right now, but whatever pleasure that we are experiencing because of sin is fleeting, the Bible says. God wants us to be set free. God wants to heal us so that even in our overcoming of that issue, we can help other people to overcome. So God, we pray, would you make us more like you? Help us to run for you. Help us to run consistently. Help us to run for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.axechurch.uk. God bless.